following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. And welcome. Happy Consummation of Penal Substitutionary Atonement Day. I mean, Easter. <laughs> People all over the world are gathering today to celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has risen from the dead. The stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty because Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'd like to welcome all of you who, are, who have joined our church family this morning to celebrate along with us. Welcome. Uh, make sure you get a cup of coffee. This is going to be a long sermon. <laughs> Jesus' resurrection from the dead uh, over 2,000 years ago, is one of the best attested facts in human history. It was predicted in the Old Testament. It was predicted by Jesus himself. And after he rose from the dead, he appeared over the course of 40 days to over 500 of his disciples, eating and drinking with them. He was no ghost. Jesus is alive. Amen. And on Easter Sunday, we celebrate the event of Jesus rising from the grave. But there is significance beyond the event itself. There is significance in the meaning of his resurrection. But what does it mean that Jesus rose from the dead? What is the meaning behind the resurrection? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, let's pray. Lord God, we are so grateful to be able to gather together in your name this morning and celebrate your resurrection. We're thankful to gather freely. We're thankful that we can worship you freely. We're thankful that we can read your word. We're thankful that we can hear from your spirit. But we are most thankful, Lord, that you have risen from the grave. Lord, help us now as we study your word to appreciate the meaning behind your resurrection and what you accomplished for us. We pray now, Lord, that your spirit would speak. We give you permission to rearrange our furniture for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, what is it about today that makes today so special? Um, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is the central event in all of history. And no matter whether or not uh, uh, current uh, historians want to change A.D. and B.C. to B.C.E. and C.E., they're still using the same numbers, folks. Before Common Era is still before Christ. And Common Era is in the year of our Lord. It's still the same. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is the center point of all of history, and it's definitely worth celebrating. And while the event itself is amazing, that someone who was dead would come back to life, it's the meaning behind Jesus' resurrection that has the most profound impact on all of humanity. The old song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, 
All fear is gone. You know that song? But why? Why? Is it simply because Jesus is alive? Well, yes and no. Um, The real reason to celebrate Easter is truly the consummation of penal substitutionary atonement. It's just, it's a long handle to put on a card. That's all. And I know how much you like to show off your vocabulary to your friends. So you can say, you'll never guess what we were doing this weekend, celebrating the consummation of, you know, the thing. (laughs) Penal substitutionary atonement. When Jesus rose from the dead, he proved his last words from the cross. As recorded in John 19.30, when he said, it is finished. He used the word tetelestai. It is finished. What was finished is what the scholars call the great exchange. And we're going to sing that song. And that was the hand of the Lord at work. And Joel shared that song with me for Good Friday. And okay, this is where this is where we're at. The Great Exchange. This idea is based on 2 Corinthians 5.21, which says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the definition of penal substitutionary atonement. just so fun to say. Here's how it breaks down. The word penal has to do with punishment. You've heard of the penal system, right? The prison system. Substitutionary means that someone took the place of someone else. And atonement means to reconcile or to right a wrong. So what is Penal substitutionary atonement really mean? Jesus was punished in our place so that we could be made right with God through faith in him. Jesus' resurrection from the dead was the consummation of that work, the proof that the work was finished. I saw a thing online this week that Jesus from the cross didn't say, I am finished. He said, it is finished because his work was just beginning. His work in us and in his church. So now you can can wow your friends and family, greet them with a happy consummation of Penal Substitutionary Atonement Day, and you know what you're saying when you say it. And we can all together celebrate the completion of the great exchange. John Piper wrote, God lays our sins on Christ." And punishes them in him. And in Christ's obedient death, God fulfills and vindicates his righteousness and credits it to us. Our sin on Christ, his righteousness on us. That is the great exchange. Now, if you're sitting there thinking, 
to this and thinking something like I, when I came to church to feel good and this jerk is telling me about my sin uh, and saying that I'm a sinner. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's God who defines sin, not us. And he recorded that definition in the Bible. He gave us his law so that we would know what sin is, so that we would seek forgiveness for sin. The Bible also tells us that if we break one part of the law, we're guilty of breaking all of it. God summarized this law in what we know as the Ten Commandments. Right? We've talked about this before. If you want to if, if you want to have some fun and try to find out, am I a sinner or not? We can take a quiz, right? It's only 10 questions. And I know the answer to all of them for all of us already. So, but we can try a couple if you'd like. We can try a number of question. Number one, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. Have you ever considered anything in your life or anyone in your life more important than God? Yes. Well, okay, I'll, I'll answer for me. I'm not going to guess for you. <laughs> the answer is yes. Question number two. You shall not make for yourself an idol to bow down to it. Have you ever considered your stuff more important than God? Or tried to change God to fit your opinions of what he ought to be like? Because that's the same thing. Have you done that? I have. Commandment number three. Are we having fun yet or what? That's only two. There's ten. Right? Commandment number three. You shall not take the Lord's name in vain. This is tricky. Right? Have you ever used God's name as a curse word? Or have you claimed to follow God when you really don't? That's the same thing. Taking God's name in vain. Guilty. Shall I go on? Pick a number. Right? There's seven more. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Right? Okay. Think you're safe? Jesus said, if you lust after another person, you've committed adultery in your heart. Guilty. You want to try again? You're having fun with this? Nine. Uh, you shall not bear false testimony. You shall not lie. Ever told a lie? Guilty. See how much fun this is? This is... 11, don't be a jerk. <laughs> Number 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's uh, wife or donkey or manservant or maidservant. You ever coveted something that belongs to some, someone else, wishes it was yours? Guilty. So, this is what God calls sin. We don't get to define it. Society doesn't get to define it. Public opinion doesn't get to define it. School systems don't get to define it. Government doesn't get to define it. God does. And he did. And it's not a mystery. It's been written down for a really, really long time. And it has not changed. This is what God calls sin. And this is what we are all guilty of. And that's what makes the great exchange so great. If you're feeling bad because of your sin, start feeling good 
Because in God's great love for you, Jesus exchanged himself for you. He exchanged your sin for his righteousness. John Piper also wrote, this is the gospel. This is the good news that our sins are laid on Christ and his righteousness is laid on us. And that this exchange, this great exchange becomes ours, not by the good works we've done, but by faith alone. Romans 4, 24 and 25 says, Righteousness will be counted to us who believe in him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Now, it was Martin Luther that was uh, credited with coining this phrase, the great exchange, although none of his writings you will find the words great exchange, but the good news is he wrote in German. Um, Yeah, definitely funnier in my head. (laughs) Martin Luther was credited with introducing this idea, but he, he did write about it and he wrote about it this way. He said, therefore, my dear brother, this was a letter to to a person. Therefore, my dear brother, learn Christ and him crucified. Learn to pray to him and despairing of yourself, say, you, Lord Jesus, are my righteousness, but I am your sin. You have taken upon yourself what is mine and given me what is yours. You have taken upon yourself what you were not. And have given to me what I was not. Now I asked before, like the old song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. But why? Is it simply because Jesus is alive? Do we celebrate Easter, Resurrection Day, just because Jesus is alive? And the answer is yes, yes and no. I've tried to answer no. There's more, there's more to it than just the fact that Jesus is alive. It's what he accomplished. But we still celebrate because Jesus is alive. We celebrate what Christ's resurrection from the dead means in that his work on earth was completed. He had taken our place on the cross He bore our sins and died the death that we deserve. But by rising from the dead, he showed that that work was, in fact, complete. But I don't don't think that I have the words to express how great that is, like how amazing it is that the work is complete and somehow those of us who've been walking with the Lord still have voices in our head that said, no, nah, you got you to gotta do a little more. You're not quite there. You've got to keep working on it. It is finished means it is finished. Our debt is paid. The word to telestai is a financial term. The debt is paid is what Jesus meant. The debt that we owe to God because of our sin, our violation of the law, That debt has been paid. 
There is no more payment for sin. We don't have to add. It's not Jesus plus. I believe in Jesus plus I attend church at least three times a month. It's I, I believe in Jesus and I tithe. I believe in Jesus and I volunteer. No. It is finished. The debt is paid. So the answer was no. We don't celebrate just because uh, being raised from the dead is amazing. It's because it accomplished something for us. But the answer is also yes. Because we celebrate because Jesus really is alive. By rising from the dead, Jesus demonstrated that he had cleansed the guilt of our past and is still able to help us in our present because he is alive. In John 14:18, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and clearly reveal myself to him. Because Jesus lives, he continues to guide those that love him and give us eternal life. Because he lives, he also continually intercedes for us. You know that Jesus' work on the cross, that was the completion of the whole penal substitutionary atonement thing. But his work continues in that he stands before the Father interceding for us even now. Hebrews 7.23 says, the former priests, meaning the Old Testament priests, they were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But Jesus holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. If you can't say amen to them, to that, I don't know. If that, the old saying goes, if that doesn't light your fire, you're using wet wood. Because he lives, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. The Old Testament priests offered sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice for the atonement of the people. But they were never really enough. None of them was perfect. None of them completed the work. But Jesus, the Lamb of God, the perfect Passover Lamb, the great high priest, offered himself as the perfect sacrifice for us and continues as our great intercessor. If you ever wonder what Jesus is doing now, he's not just sitting back and waiting. 
for the father to say, okay, now is the time. Go get my church. He is active and at work now, standing before the father, interceding for you. He is praying for us to the father now. When the father in his holiness looks at us, he no longer sees our sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ. He sees his perfectness, his holiness on us, his dearly loved children. I think we can all agree with Martin Luther, whether you've had faith in Jesus for years or are just believing in him for the first time today. When Luther says, learn Christ and him crucified. Learn to pray to him. And despairing of yourself, say, you, Lord Jesus, are my righteousness. But I am your sin. You have taken upon yourself what is mine and given me what is yours. You have taken upon yourself what you were not and have given me what I was not. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. For We thank you that Jesus is alive. We're so grateful for all that that means. That your death on the cross was enough to pay the penalty for our sin. And that work is completed. All that must happen now is that people turn to you in faith to accept that forgiveness. To accept that sacrifice was for them. Father, we ask for forgiveness for the times in our lives when we don't act like this is real. When our words or our attitudes don't reflect this truth. Forgive us, Lord. We thank you that you already have. We're thankful that you stand before the Father's throne praying for us even now. And that when our Father looks at us, he doesn't see our sin anymore, but sees your perfect, spotless righteousness. We're so grateful. Lord, if there's anyone in the sound, within the sound of my voice this morning who has not accepted your sacrifice, who has not accepted Jesus as Lord, I pray even now they would call out to you in faith, even in the quietness of their own heart, to ask for your forgiveness to turn away from their sin, to follow you the rest of their lives, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and adopt them into your family. So simple, yet so profound. Lord, may the rest of us that have known you a long time or a short time or whatever, may we live like this is reality because it is. And we serve a living Savior. He's in the world today. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.